Okay, so we're going to continue in the, uh, the Holy Spirit series. Uh, I feel like the Lord has given me to three different messages that I could share this morning. And honestly, I'm up here, and I'm still not 100% sure which way he's going to lead. So I'm going to start a little bit, and we're going to see where this goes. Amen? Is that okay? All right, that's good. Uh, so one of the things I want to share with you guys, two really amazing things. So we just did this song called The Stand, right? And uh, as Sydney can attest to this, uh, I believe it was last week she had it on the worship set list for us to do the stand. And we, I went through and I was just like, eh, I just don't know. I mean, I like the song. I'm just not feeling it, whatever. And she's probably like, she's like, Jason, what are you talking about? This song is amazing, right? And so she put it again in the worship set for this week. And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm, that's good. I like that song. Let's do it this song. And she's probably wondering, like, like, it wasn't good enough last week, but it's okay this week. And you know what? We had no idea what was going to happen with Andrew. We had no idea. And I got a chance to tell Megan back there, do you know that that song was one of his favorite songs when he was in youth? It was one of his favorite songs. In fact, when we saw the family yesterday, Stephen, his brother, had on a shirt called Stand which was the youth weekend we did that was all about that song. And Stephen wasn't there, but Andrew was there. And that was his favorite song. And as we were singing it, church, I know God judges the heart and only he knows, but I had this sense he is worshiping in heaven. And he is singing that song with us this morning. Amen? And I just was so touched by that. I had to tell her first, and I ran back there during the break to tell Megan that, you know what, God orchestrated that song to be sung this week, not last week. It was for this week. And I'll tell you what, church, I just want you to know that Sydney and the team, they put a ton of prayer into, and us too, what songs we do and how we do them and when we do them, because it's important. It's important. God is working on something. He's doing stuff. The second piece of news, which is a great testimony for you, is I am still fasting the news. <laughs> so I actually, I have no idea what's going on. You know, and you'd be like, well, Jason, you are a leader in the community, and you must know what's going on. You know what? When there are things that I need to know, people have been telling me. And so I have just been so refreshed. I mean, I told you guys last week, like, I wanted to click on Twitter so bad. I was like, just eerie news now. Just, you know what I mean? I, I open up my phone. It's right at the top left right there. It's, you know, the little bird is just looking at me. It's like, just click here and get some information and get some news. And I'm just refusing to do it. Now, I might go back on the news this coming week, but I'm just encouraging you guys. When the Lord tells you to do something or to stop something or to do something, be obedient to it. Because he understands, he knows what a blessing. There may have been something that I came across in the news over the past two weeks that I haven't been looking at that would have riled me up or I would have lost my peace or I would have gotten fear or whatever, 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 whatever. He knows that. I don't know what I avoided. I just know I avoided something. Amen. Amen. So when he says to do something, we need to go do it. Amen. Amen. Okay, we've been doing a series on the Holy Spirit, and many weeks back I gave kind of the job description of the Holy Spirit. We broke it up into four categories. The first job description was he points us to Christ. The second one is he leads us, he teaches us, and he guides us. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. The third one, which we've been parked on here for a little bit, is he empowers us for the work of Christ because we are his hands and his feet. 
And we've been walking through the gifts of the Spirit and talking about how those gifts of the Spirit are being manifest in our lives and how we're praying and believing and expecting that more and more of these gifts are going to come as we, approach, as we approach the last days or as we continue to move forward towards the last day. And so as I was studying this, 1 Corinthians 14, if you I want to put that up on, the, uh, up on the overhead, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, just as continues to jump out at me. And I want to talk about this for a little bit this morning. It says this. It says, now, remember, 1 Corinthians 4. So 1 Corinthians 12, it's talking about the gifts. It lists the gifts. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. And if you remember a couple weeks back, we talked about how that love was sandwiched in between these two chapters that are talking about the gifts. Because in, in 14, it picks up the gifts again. But look what it says in the very beginning of chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love. Pursue love. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So he's giving us two commandments here. He's saying, pursue this, but desire this. And so as I'm looking at that, Lord, because we all, we all oh, Lord, I just want more of these gifts. I want more of the healing gift. I want more of the gift of faith, more gifts of miracles. He's saying, desire those, but pursue something else. Desire the gifts, but pursue something else. And here's what he's telling us. He's saying to pursue what? To pursue love. This has to be our pursuit. This had this, and we've talked about this. This is what we, I believe that we believe when we stand in before Jesus someday, he's going to ask us this question. How did you love? How did you love? Because God is love. So why do we really think for a moment that he won't ask us a question if we're made in his image that he's not going to ask us, how did you love? Not how did you desire the spiritual gifts, but how did you love? This has to be our focus. This has to be our job. This, has to, this is going to be what we stand before Jesus someday as he asks us. And says he's going to say, did you love? And he reiterates this in Matthew 22, verse 35. It says, then one of them, a lawyer, they ask good questions. Okay, I, I've, worked with, I've worked with quite a few lawyers. Anybody a lawyer in here? I don't want to, like, offend anybody. Actually, I'm not offended. I'm going to talk good stuff about you guys. Any lawyers in here? They ask good questions. It's just like, do they go to school just to learn how to ask questions? Like, I don't, it's just that's what they're good at, right? So they're good at asking questions. One of them, a lawyer, asked him, asking Jesus a question, testing him. Ooh, and lawyers love to do this, right? They're like, hmm, if I ask this question this way, let's see what their answer is. You all watch the courtroom dramas. But I'm talking in real life, lawyers do this, right? They actually ask these tough questions. Testing him and saying, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? What is it? What's the biggest one? What's the most important one? What do we put our focus on? What is the thing that we need to focus on the most? And I'll tell you, as we go through this time, as we go in this thing, we begin to think that maybe it's something else. And there are different passions and callings that each of us have, and we encourage people to go after those things and to do those things and to fight those battles. But at the end of the day, it's all about love. Because God is love. And he sent his son to love. And he loves us so much. So Jesus says this, Verse 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. All of it. You're a whole being. Every part of you, we need to love the Lord. 
This is the first and the great commandment. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, it says, hangs all the law of the prophets. And as I was studying this out a little bit, I said, okay, so these should be our two concerns. These are our two biggest concerns that we need to have. Are we loving the Lord? And are we loving our neighbor? These are our biggest concerns that we have. And I said, okay, Lord, what does it mean? What does it mean to love you? What does it look like? And we've said this before. Love leads to obedience. Love leads to obedience. The Bible says in John 14, look at this, John 14, 15. If you love me, what? Keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. And every time I read that, I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now he's asking the question. He's making a statement here. Jesus is saying, if you love me, if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, are you obeying my commands? You know, the, the, the life of a Christian is not, I prayed the prayer and all is now well. That is not the Christian life. Like, I don't know, like, who, I don't know where we get that or where we believe that, but that is not the Christian life. Yes, we need to pray the prayer. Yes, we need to speak. And yes, we need to believe in faith that He has saved us and redeemed us and sanctified us. But at the end of the day, a life of Christ, a life of following Christ means this it means a life transformed. As you are following Jesus, as you are following Christ, you should be having a life that's transformed. And I don't mean just like one time it got transformed. I mean a continuous transformation of how you speak to others, how you look at others, how you talk to others. All of this must be a continual, continual transformation. It means to live a life of love, of growth, and of obedience. Of love, of growth, and obedience. There is nothing comfortable or convenient about being a follower of Christ. Church, let me say it again. There is nothing comfortable or convenient about being a follower of Christ. And so you say, Pastor Jason, this is impossible to do on my own. That's right. You're right. It is. But verse 16, John 14, verse 16, says, And I pray the Father... And he will give you another, a helper, the Holy Spirit, a helper that may abide with you forever. He's called in verse 17, the spirit of truth. This is again in John 14. I must not have given the scripture to the the back. Sorry about that. John 14, 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him and he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And so as I've, been, as I've been thinking about this, as I've been studying this and talking about the different gifts, and I want to try to wrap up the three remaining gifts that we haven't talked about uh, just yet. But as we are desiring the gifts, we have to be pursuing love. And in order to pursue love, it means we need to obey his commands. In order to obey his commands, we need to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. Come on, church, think about this. 
You can't do this on your own. You need to be led and you need to be guided by the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is constantly whispering and talking to you. He is constantly whispering and talking to you. You say, well, I'm not hearing him. Yeah, I know. We need to be diligent about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because what it's saying is you can't possibly love unless you are being helped by the Holy Spirit. If you are walking through your life not being helped by the Holy Spirit, then it, it basically the Bible's saying it's impossible to love as you need to. And you say, well, how do I, what do I do? What do I do? And I was just, I was praying about this. Number one is we need to repent. We need to move the, remove the interference that is in our life. There is something going on in your life that you need to repent for, then you need to lay it down and repent and move it as a blocker from being able to hear from the Holy Spirit. You have to remove it from your life. You have to say, I need to move this out of the way. I need to lay it down. Repent means to turn away from something. We have to repent. Second thing is we have to remove the clutter. I removed the clutter the past two weeks. I mean, it's clutter. I removed the clutter. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, as I'm standing up here, I have been able to hear from the Holy Spirit more clearly over the past two weeks than I have in a long time. And it's only because I made a choice because God said, don't look at the news. And there was an act of obedience and I didn't do it. And I said, okay, Lord, I won't do it. And now he's able, I'm able to hear his voice more clearly. And if I'm telling you, if I would have been up in the news, I'm telling you, if I would have been up in the news, this is for me personally, I'm not talking about you guys. You have to understand what does the Lord want you to do? If I was all up in the news and watching that as the first thing I looked at, the first thing I did, and I went to bed at night watching the news and all this other stuff, do you think, do you think that I would have been able to hear teeth and jaw? I mean, I don't know. But I'm not going to take the risk. I'm not going to take the risk to not hear from the Holy Spirit, to have see people up here, to see the healing power of God manifest. Are you willing to take that risk? Are you willing not to hear from the Holy Spirit because you want to dig in and get into stuff that's going to only distract you and clutter from hearing from the Holy Spirit? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) But it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And then the last one is this. We want to hear, hear more clearly the Holy Spirit. We need to pray in the Spirit. We need to pray in the Spirit. Church, you need to pray in the Spirit. If you are not baptized by the Holy Spirit and you are not speaking in tongues, this morning is your opportunity to get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm telling you something, church. The more you pray in tongues, the more you are able to hear from the Holy Spirit. The more when there is a fear that tries to come upon you, that you are able to just begin to pray in that prayer language. And I'll tell you what, that fear begins to subside. If I told you there was a direct correlation by how much you are praying in the Spirit to how much you are hearing from God, how many of you would be like, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to start praying some more in the Spirit. I'm telling you, when we pray in the Spirit, the Bible clearly lays out that it's for edification, for exhortation, 
for building us up on the inside? Do you think as we pray in tongues, we are beginning to be built up on the inside? And when you're built up by God on the inside and your spirit is more directly connected with God's spirit, you can hear more. You can hear more. And so the nine gifts of the spirit, we've been walking through these. We broke them into three different categories. There were the gifts of revelation, which was the gift of a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. There were the gifts of power, which we did last week which was the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, and the gifts, plural, of healing. And this week I want to finish off with the gifts of inspiration or speaking, which is prophecy, the gift of a different kind of tongues, and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. So first I want to start with the gift of prophecy. Look, this, this is probably the most misunderstood gift of all of the gifts. Because I think we, you know, we hear of somebody who is maybe prophetic and they say a word or this, or is that a prophecy? Is this a prophecy? What is an actual prophecy? Well, the definition of a prophecy is a supernatural gift. It's the supernatural gift that brings edification and exhortation and comfort. This is what prophecy brings. And the Bible says that, Paul says over and over, I wish that you would all prophesy. Because prophecy brings edification exhortation, and comfort. In its simplest form, it's an inspired utterance. You say, I mean, we have people up here that will give exhortation. I mean, Liz will come up almost every week, and she has a word of an exhortation or an edification that brings comfort. There are biblical examples. Uh, the Psalms of David, are, are a lot of those Psalms are a great biblical example. Habakkuk 3, the Song of Moses, you know, different worship type things that are going on, but they're, they're all required for edification, exhortation, and comfort. And what I want to just explain to you guys, I've read this a couple times, the person that it comes through, God created that person. So it, sometimes a word of, a prophetic word will come through in a different flavor or in a different light because God created that person. And he uses that person. And so a prophetic word from one person might look a lot different than a prophetic word from somebody else. You understand that? It might look a lot different than from somebody else. This gift will inspire people and exhort them. Then the last two gifts I want to put together, because many times we talk about them together, it's the gift of different kinds of tongues and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And technically together, these two things in tandem with each other are a prophetic word. They actually are a prophetic word. So somebody will give an inspired utterance in tongues in a language that most of the people sitting here will not understand. And God will give someone the interpretation of that tongue. Now, many of you have been in our church long enough that you've seen that happen here on a Sunday morning. And we welcome God's prophetic words to us through tongues and through the interpretation of tongues. But these two together become a prophecy. Speaking in tongues is a supernatural experience which characterizes the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened on the day of Pentecost. And I want to give you three different types. In the Bible, there's three different types of tongues that are talked about. The first one, the first one is the initial outward evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you can find that in Acts chapter 2. The second one is for personal edification. 
This is what I was talking about, about hearing clearer from the Holy Spirit. It's speaking in tongues in your personal prayer language. And then number three is actually what I was talking about here in the gifts, is it is a gift of the diverse kinds of tongues, which means that not every one of us, not all of you, will have the gift of publicly speaking in tongues. This is one of the gifts that not everybody, you don't get all the gifts, but what God has made available is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and a personal prayer language of speaking in tongues and praying in tongues, and that is available to all. To all. God makes it very, very clear here in the Bible. We're going to look at that here in just a minute. He makes it very, very clear that is for all. And the other thing about tongues, just as a side note that I like to explain to you guys, because I feel like I'm more of like doing teaching uh, this morning versus preaching at you. I'll probably do a little bit of both here. But there's variations of tongues. There's variations of tongues. And the Bible lines up three different variations of tongues. One is called the tongues of men. And so when someone is speaking in tongues in the tongues of men, they're actually speaking a language that they don't understand, but somebody else understands, like an actual language. Like they might be speaking Swahili, or maybe they're speaking French, or maybe they're speaking Swedish. And if you look at the day of Pentecost, I think there was 18 different languages that were being spoken. They're like, oh, I hear this language. Oh my gosh, I hear this person talking my language. I can't believe this is happening. So that is the tongue of man. When we are filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we're able to speak in tongues, sometimes we'll actually speak in another language. And can I admit something to you? I've used Google Translate. <laughs> I, re- I, was, I was just speaking in tongues in my prayer language, and I tried to use Google Translate, and I tried to find like the language that I might have been speaking. Let me tell you what, bad idea, total waste of time, because I didn't figure it out. Okay, I was like, man, it'd be really cool if I knew a different language. You know, I mean, I don't know it. The Holy Spirit knows it, and he's speaking through me. And maybe I'm speaking, you know, this tongues of man somewhere else. And I've heard story after story after story of ministers saying, you know what, they just began to pray in the Spirit, and someone over there or over there or over here heard them in their native language. Come on. This is miraculous. This is, you know, and I guess I get concerned that churches aren't teaching this. That we're not talking about it. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is so important right now. It is so important because we have to hear from the Holy Spirit. We have to be connected with the Holy Spirit. We need to be edifying and exhorting ourselves. How can we have a gift that is available to us that we are just not taking advantage of? Come on, church. There is a gift that is available to us that we are not taking advantage of. Paul says, I wish you would all speak more in tongues. Come on, all of us, more. The second one is tongues of angels. I think that's what my Google Translate was picking up there. Okay, that's something that nobody on this earth would understand. It's a tongue of angels. It's a heavenly language. It's a heavenly language that no one would understand. And when it's given publicly, as I was talking about in the gifts, there would be an interpretation of that as well. And then the third one, it talks about in Romans 8, 26. I don't have the scripture up there, but it's a groaning. When we speak in another language, sometimes it's a groaning. It's an intercession, right? Chris knows a lot about this. It's an intercession of a groaning that you cannot, you don't understand what you're saying or what you're doing, but there's, those are the three different types or styles of tongues that the Bible talks about. 
Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. So the gift, as we're looking at them in, in 1 Corinthians there in 12, those, the gifts of the different kinds of tongues is the public one. But I want to spend the last few minutes here on the one that is for each and every one of us. I don't want to miss an opportunity for each and every one of you to say, you know what? I need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I need this prayer language more than anything else. And here's the interesting thing, is we don't actually seek the prayer language. We don't actually seek, and I think this is where we get messed up in our heads. Like we begin like thinking, well, I have to say something, or something has to happen, it has to come out a certain way. And yes, the speaking in tongues is an evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But what you're seeking, what you're desiring, what you're going after is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the infilling. It's the filling up of the Holy Spirit on the inside that the Bible says over and over and over comes after salvation. So there's the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, but then the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon us are two different things, two different experiences, two different things that you can take advantage of. It says Luke, in Luke 4, verse 18. Look at this. I think our big mistake is we're so, we're so wrapped up in, in, in saying some. We are not asking to speak in tongues. We're asking to be baptized. And the tongues will follow. It's like back to the lawyer thing. It's like the evidence is the speaking in tongues. But the actual thing we're seeking and desiring is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is what we want. And look at this in in Luke 4, verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus speaking. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Look at what the anointing of the Holy Spirit does. Look at what the baptism of this Holy Spirit does. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. If you are filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, you should be praying in your prayer language every day. Every day. Every day. More so than you were yesterday, you should do it today. Continuously having it ready. It's my encouragement to you today. Look with me in Acts chapter 2. Because some of you might be here this morning and have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning to do that. Remember I said I had four different messages? I hit a little bit of one. I skipped two. I'm going right to number four. Okay? See how many pages I flipped over? I just went right past all that other stuff. I'm confused. My daughter's back there trying to run AV. She's like, what on earth is going on back here? This guy is not doing any of the scriptures he gave me. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. Meaning, if you look back in Acts chapter 1, they were all in one accord, so they were waiting. And actually, they only waited 10 days, believe it or not. It was not a long wait between, uh, between, between these time frames. But I actually think that is pretty impressive. Could we all be in one accord if we were together for 10 days straight? No, I don't think we could. 
Right? You know, you're just like, could, is that even, like, that's a miracle. I think we skip over that. Oh, they were all in one accord for like 10 days. Are you kidding me? Like two hours and the service is almost over. You're just like, oh my gosh, like, am I even in one accord with everybody that's here? 10 days. Like, this is a miracle. Come on. This is pretty amazing. It's impressive. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as the rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Look at this, verse 4. And they were all filled. They were all filled. It's not public tongues. This is saying every believer has the ability to receive from the Lord the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit came. It says it came like a rushing wind, as a fire. Think about what, a wind, what, think about what wind does. Think about powerful wind. How many of you have some things in your life that you would like some powerful wind to move on out of your life? Yeah, I mean, this is true. And there are things in our life that we would like burned up by fire. There are things, addictions that we might have, challenges that we might have, that we want burned up by fire. You know, Liz said earlier, she's reading the cross and the switchblade. And I had just finished reading and I, I had given it to her. And I said, Lord, are you sure you want me to preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit on Sunday? And I kid you not, I opened up the chapter, which was the next thing I was reading. It says, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that chapter in that book, and this is about David Wilkerson, he went into New York City and he was working with these gangs and just pulling people out of the gang life, pulling people out from drugs and all these other issues. And you know what's very interesting? Is that entire chapter was about how the only way, the only way that those boys and girls were able to resist the temptation of going back on drugs was when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I mean, it was like he was going case by case by case by case. And I'm just like, Lord, really? Really? Is this like scientific evidence? Can we? And, you know, and the Lord was just like, yes. Yes, Jason. How about look at it in your own life? And I'm like, wait a second. Okay, let me think about it. Men, sometimes we'll see an, an image. And it'll make us remember something else. And I'll tell you what. When that happens to me, and I begin to pray in the Spirit, it is the only thing, it is the only thing that makes that image stop. And I completely forget about it. Women in your life, I don't know what it is. It could be a lot of different things. For men, it could be a lot of different things as well. This happened to me. Uh, where's Grace? Grace? Oh, she's back there. Grace was going uh, to meet a friend. And she drives, and she was going out driving. And I just had this, I just started panicking in fear. Yes, the pastor panicked. Ah. 
And I just started thinking, oh my gosh, what if she gets into an accident? What if something happens? What about this? What about that? I should call her. I should tell her not to go. I should And what I realized very quickly, that was not peace. That was not a God warning. That was just fear trying to come on me. It was just fear trying to come on me. Anxiety and fear. And you know what I did? I began to pray in the Spirit. I just began to pray in the Spirit. I said, oh Lord, come on. I just began to pray in the Spirit in my prayer language. And do you know what? That fear left and subsided. I'm telling you what, church, there is a benefit, there is a power that is available to us that we need to take advantage of. If you already are baptized and speak in tongues, then I encourage you to speak even more. More more edification, more exhortation in your life. If you're not, I'm going to give you the opportunity in just a few minutes to come up here and we're going to pray for you. We're not going to make it a big deal. You're just going to come up here and we're just going to lay hands on you quickly. And we're going to ask that the Holy Spirit and the power of the Lord, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, will come upon you. This morning, today, there's no time to wait. There's no time to wait. There's no time to wait. Worship team, if you want to come back up. First Corinthians 14, in verse 2. When we speak in tongues, there's two major things that it does for us. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. You see, when we, when we pray in that prayer language, we are praying at some point, we don't know what else to say. A lot of times I begin praying in my prayer language when I'm done talking in English. When I can't come up with any more words to say, I begin to pray in the Spirit. Because you know what? The Spirit knows exactly what needs to be prayed. And when you begin to pray in that spiritual language, you are praying the exact thing that needs to pray. My prayer, what I thought for grace was, oh Lord, protection, oh Lord, watch out, keep our eyes open, let somebody this, that, this, and that. And that was what I thought the prayer was. But I don't know what it actually was. I was praying in the Spirit. And I said, you know what? Lord, you know what needs prayer right now. And that fear left as I began to pray in the Spirit. If you read books from about Smith Wigglesworth, The baptism of the Holy Spirit on that man was unbelievable. Uneducated plumber. I don't know what grade he went through. Maybe fifth or sixth grade. But that baptism of the Spirit upon him gave him the ability to preach the gospel like nobody's business. And if you look back in Acts chapter 2, What happened as soon as they were baptized? Peter got up. Peter got up and gave the best the best call to Jesus you could ever imagine. And 3,000 people were added that day to the church. There is power that is available. So church, as we sing this song again, I encourage you to come and drink today. Come and drink today. You want a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit? Come up here this morning. If you want that baptism of the Holy Spirit, you've never had that, come up here this morning. 
And we are going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray and we're going to believe and you're going to receive the overflowing baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. So let's worship together. Stand with me and worship. If that's you, come up here this morning. Now is the time. So if, if your heart is pounding and you're thinking about coming, now is the time. Those of you who are up here, you have to understand that the Holy Spirit has been poured out. It's done. It's done. It's available. Just like you came for salvation, you prayed, you knew that Jesus had already died. He had already risen. And it was done. And as we pray, as we lay hands, we're simply going to ask. There's not going to be any shouting or any yelling or commanding. We don't have to command the Holy Spirit. He is here with us. And the expectation that you have, expectation is high because God's word is true. And when we lay our hands on you, the Holy Spirit is going to come and he is going to fill you. He is going to fill you. And he's going to move upon you. And you're just going to lift up your hands. You're just going to praise him and worship him. And receive, and receive, and receive, and receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now just begin to receive. Just begin to receive. Begin to worship Him. Begin to worship Him now. If you sense a language coming up that you are not aware of or you don't know, just let it flow. Get out of your minds this morning. Out of your minds. This is a spiritual thing. Let the Spirit flow. Just worship Him. Come on, church. Worship Him. Those in your seats, just worship Him. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We receive. Hallelujah. 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 More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just keep worshiping Him. Keep worshiping Him. I encourage you this afternoon, tonight, just continue to worship Him, continue to pray. Let that spiritual language just begin to flow out of you. For me, I was prayed for in the night. That night I was praying, and the next morning I just began to speak in other tongues. And I haven't stopped since. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The first time I prayed for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this one woman, her name was Lisa, and she was just struggling. And she wanted the baptism so badly. And I said to her, 
Have you asked your heavenly Father? Have we prayed together? Yes. Have I laid my hands on you? Yes. Have we prayed in faith? Yes. Do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yes. I said then you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have it. You have it. Mm. You have it. I said now you go home and at some point you get to your secret place and you open your mouth Mm. and you begin to pray in the Spirit and don't let your mind stop you. You just begin to pray in the spirit and let it flow and let it flow. I said, and the spirit of God will come upon you. And what sounds like baby talk will turn into power. It will turn into power from on heaven. And I said this to her. And the next time I saw her, I was in church. She came running to me and shook me and said, I spoke in tongues. I speak in tongues. I've been baptized by the Holy spirit. You are baptized now. It is done and it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. You've asked and you received, and so it is done. And nothing is the same. Nothing is the same afterward. Because now he moves with power in a way beyond what we understand. There was a time when I... I grabbed Jason. I walked into our bedroom and Grace was, she's 17, almost 17. She was two and she was safely asleep in in the other room. And I grabbed him and I pulled him off the bed. I said, we have to pray. We have to pray for Grace. And I pulled him off the bed and we just began praying in the spirit. It wasn't fear. It was the Holy Spirit. And it was urgent. It was urgent. And we prayed for her. I have no knowledge to this day what was done in the spirit but i know that she's here and that the spirit of god is all over her thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord he will lead you and he will guide you in new ways If, if you're up here and you didn't get some of these, I just I ran out, so I want to get a couple more. I should have been prepared for more. Come on, church. What was I thinking? Come on, what was I thinking? I only had a couple up here. I should have been expecting more. Amen? Let's just stay here for one more minute. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Oh, man, I'm excited I came to church this morning. Now, I had to come to church, right? (laughs) But I'm excited I came to church this morning. I know we've been long, but you know what? Come on, what what else do we have to do? I told you, it's it's inconvenient. Ask and ye shall receive. Hey, amen, amen. Seek and ye shall find. Share. 
Oh, actually, no, I have another one. Hey, look at that. No sharing needed. All right. Well, guys, I just encourage you to continue to use your language. Use that prayer language. There is so much power in it. So much power in it. It gets back to the beginning of my message where it says we need to be so diligent about hearing from the Holy Spirit. And we need to repent. We need to remove the clutter. And we need to speak in our prayer language. And I'll tell you, you continue to do those three things, you will continue to hear more and more clearly the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. And He will make a way, He will make a path where there seems to be no other path. Amen? Amen. The benediction uh, today is out of Ephesians 5, 15. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Speaking in our prayer language is redeeming that time because a lot of other stuff is evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. A constant infilling of the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We worship you, we worship you. Have your way in our hearts and our lives. We seek you with our whole hearts. We thank you for what you did this morning. In your precious name we pray. Amen, 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 and amen. All right, guys, you are dismissed. Have a wonderful day.